Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Today, I got to do a really interesting interview. I got to talk to Whitney Gonzalez, who is a marketing manager at Lingo Eyewear. Lingo is a really cool new startup doing some very innovative things in the eyewear space. We talk about their work with micro-influencers, as well as some of the new technology that they have coming out to make shopping online for your eyes and glasses better. Take a listen. Welcome, Whitney, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I am so excited to have you here today. And before we get into what's going on over at Lingo, I want to talk to you about what has gone on in your career. And I think that the stories of careers are best told uh, in moments. I'd love to know the three moments that you really feel defined your career. Yeah. So the first, I'm going to call it my version of breaking the glass ceiling. Um, So at my previous company, I went for and landed this specific job in sports marketing that had up to this point really been run by men. So myself and two other female colleagues received this position about the same time. And for me, that was really a pivotal time at our company. I think it may have felt like a seemingly subtle change, um, but this role was completely a guy's world prior to this. And so I felt like it was a step in the right direction for the company. And I was really proud to be a part of it. That's incredible. Yeah, it was really important to me and what I wanted to accomplish as a woman in business. Um, you know, it didn't like completely change or define my career, but um, as a woman in business, I feel like it's important for us to support other women and get people into um, places that they previously didn't really have access to. So it was it was a really big moment for me, and I felt like the company as well. It was great to see them take that step. Was it challenging for you at that point in your career when it was so predominantly male? It was a lot of coaching moments. Uh, You know, I think it's really easy to, once I was in it, for instance, you know, it was still, oh, well, this is how we do it here. You know, it's, um, it had this air of still being a guy's world. So you were kind of expected to act, um, how they act or, um, or present yourself in a very uh, relaxed, oh, I, I can play with the boys kind of way too. And so, you know, there was still a lot of chipping away um, at that, that had to be, that I felt, you know, had to be done, but, you know, every little chip helped. And I think the men um, around me in my company were really, really great at supporting us being in that position and learning how, how, their, how the entire sports industry was being perceived and how they could, um, how they could help change that as well. So did you feel like you had to act like one of the guys, you know, I've interviewed a lot of women and they talk about two sort of different perspectives, whether they need it. And sometimes it's generational. Like when you come in, you feel like you had to act like a man to succeed. It sounds like there was some of that expectation, but that you kind of overcame that. There definitely was still a bit of a feeling like you, you had to, and it was almost like you had to pick your moments (laughs) a little bit, but you, you definitely did feel like you had to have this different air about you. And, um, and so at some points it was like, all right, you know, just gotta, gotta dive in and be a, be a guy today, whatever. Um, and then there were some moments where, you know, you could take a step back and I mean, of course, always with, you know, being true to yourself, Um, but there was a bit of, uh, the bit, a bit of having to fit the mold. Okay. Tell me about your second moment. 
Yeah. So um, secondly, it was really finding my balance. So one of my most defining moments was deciding what work-life balance was right for me and not shying away from it. So I feel like having a full schedule is a really easy trap to fall into. Um, And it doesn't always mean that you're the hardest working individual in the room. So uh, I was ready to not feel guilty about taking care of myself and making time to enjoy myself outside of work. So that's when I moved to Salt Lake. And I now enjoy a healthy, balanced lifestyle. I get better work done because of it. And uh, I'm really enjoying that work-life balance that I have now. That's a big choice to actually move in order to get the work-life balance. Did you know people in Salt Lake? No. um, I was just at a time in my life where I was ready to to do this. Um, And, you know, I decided uh, with my partner, it was either mountains or beach. (laughs) So so, um, we had been coming to Salt Lake every year to ski, snowboard. um, And, you know, we decided... Might as well, while we're young and agile, let's move somewhere that kind of a little bit forces you to keep that life balance. I mean, it's beautiful here, you know, Um, you look outside and you see the mountains and you have to get out to them. So I feel like making that big of a change really pushed me towards that because I am definitely a career driven person at heart. Um, So I kind of almost had to make that big of a step in order to push myself into a work-life balance that I truly enjoyed. The reason I love this part of your story is that you did still stay very career focused. You just did it in a place that allowed you a greater work-life balance. As somebody who lives in New York City, I hear that and like I just would would l- have loved to have done that at a point in my life where I could have, you know, before I built my family, before I did all yeah. of that. Really incredible and and very insightful that you made that choice. Well, thank you. And and yeah, I mean, I think that I could have easily um you know, gotten stuck into a trend of very city life, which I love. I love New York City. I love Los yep. Angeles. I would probably find a home there in the future. But yeah, it was it was a moment where I decided I need to take the life step first and then let the work follow. I love that. Tell me your third moment. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So, okay. My third would be... Um, I think it would be joining the startup culture that I'm in now. So in my previous work, success was fairly easy. We were a big brand. Risky was really just being at the forefront of innovation. We had the freedom to play. Um, Now at Lingo Eyewear, every single thing I do can make or break the business. Um, So it's a different kind of freedom that's both scary and liberating at the same time. So I had to leave my comfort zone. I had to be okay with failing and be ready to just kind of move on from it. And that was really a part of the appeal appeal to me. If and when we succeeded, or if and when we succeed now, it'll be due to me and like the six other people in my corner because we're really small. Um, and so I really, you know, it's still scary at this time, but it's really defined who I am and I think where my career is going to go from here. I love this one because previously you were at Red Bull, right? Yes, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Huge. Okay. So Red Bull, not only is a huge global brand, but it's one that takes huge risks. I mean, they send people into space half the time. I mean, they do all of this, yeah. this crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. And as a startup, you really can't do anything like that and you have to move the needle. And so I would imagine that that would be very rewarding for you and also a big shift. Completely. It is so rewarding, but is such a change. 
it's totally different. You know, you don't have some of the things that you can play with. Um, like we did at a global brand at like Red Bull, but it really, it really gets, it makes you get creative again. And not that, I mean, Red Bull, we were the most creative company that there is, but it really makes you have to play with what you got and, um, make things that you wouldn't ever, ever think about before. And so, uh, really enjoying it so far, a big change, but one that has been very invaluable. So with Lingo, you've got a brand that's pretty scrappy. That's, that's a startup Uh that's making it happen. I love that. And it's, and it's an e-commerce brand. Talk to me about how social plays into your strategy. I know you've done a lot of work with micro influencers. Talk to me about some of what you're doing and what's working well. Yeah. So yeah, as e-commerce, digital and social, they make up a majority of our marketing. Um, for social, we're most active on Instagram and Facebook. And where we see success is really through enabling customers and influencers, micro-influencers, like you mentioned, to share with us and their followers how they wear our glasses. I mean, Instagram is a very selfie-centric type of platform. So they get to show off their confidence. They get to feel good about being in our product. And that really provides for us an authentic connection between our brand and our audience. We receive multiple tags and posts of people in our product every day. And for us being very small still, that's really big. Um, It's truly, I think, a testament to the quality and the styles of our product. Um, Word of mouth, I mean, at the end of the day, is the most tried and true marketing tactic. And it has just simply evolved as social media has developed into how we interact with friends and family today. So a recommendation from someone you know versus a brand speaking about themselves goes so much further. And it sounds like when you're looking at micro-influencers, you're taking people who are truly and really passionate about the brand versus, you know, some of the bigger influencers that will just kind of, this is their whole world. They promote anything and everything that's out there. A micro-influencer, at least I've found, really, really does care about the brand. Completely. We receive, we think we receive a more genuine output with micro-influencers. We're not paying for posts, so it's not highly contractual or forced. Um, we work with people who love our product first and want to share us through the lens of their own life and their brand. So that really makes, like I said, for a genuine output because we don't we don't require them to, you know, here's the time that you need to post. Here's the pose that we want you to do with our product. Here's the style of your post that we request. We let them, you know, choose the glasses that speak to them and give them that freedom to integrate it into their own storytelling. Um, And in that way, we get the most authentic brand integration. And then from a results perspective, we see higher engagement because of that. And do you find the influencers or do they find you? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I would say the most impactful micro influencers honestly find us and they'll like hit us up, direct message or otherwise. And um, because of that, they're typically in the market for glasses. They've fallen in love with their brand. They've picked out a pair that they love and they're really engaged. Um, we do a little bit as well of, uh, finding them. Our PR agency, Michelle Marie is absolutely amazing and has delivered some micro influencers that fit our brand, our audience, they're ingrained in fashion. Um, and of course, you know, finding these people that are in the market for glasses and have really became a fan of the brand and the product. How much does social advertising play into your strategy? And are you using that, uh, to help build sales within the organization? 
Yeah, we do social advertising as well. I would say it's um, it's a little less of our strategy than organic, yeah. um, but uh, it does help with um, both lead generation and revenue generation. And a lot of it's, you know, retargeting yeah. um, people that have already came. They've, you know, maybe are interested in this style and they want to um, explore it more. Um, right now, we still put a heavy hand on organic because we just love to see people in their in their own, you know, in their own style, in their own look, in their own outfit. Um, but we do do some paid social to supplement that. Wonderful. And you said that the two biggest networks that you focus on right now are Instagram and Facebook. Is there one that you really think if you had to pick one, I know like when I ask people to pick a social network, it's like picking a child, uh -huh. but is there right. one that you really think works well for you? Yeah. Instagram really is the powerhouse for us. And I think it's just because of, you know, a little bit of what I said earlier, um, that it's such a selfie centric platform. You know, it's uh, the posts that do best on there are posts of people. And, yeah. um, our product is very, is very selfie centric as well. Um, you know, it's on your face. That's right. the most, um, that's, that's can be a very vulnerable place, you know? So, um, yes. so it really ties in well with what Instagram is trying to do being a very visual and selfie natured product. I love that. And how are you measuring success of the campaigns that you're running on social media? We measure success through um, both largely engagement. Yeah. Um, and then we also, you know, just based on tags and course, you know, we, we do look at like follower growth and things like that since we're still so young. Wonderful. What's next for you guys? What do you see? What do you see happening in the future for you? Oh my gosh. It's so fun because we're still in the place where there's so many things that we could be doing and we're just trying to get them all done, you know? So we have so many things that we're just can't wait to pull the trigger on right now. We're about to launch, um, an online vision exam feature. So that way you can renew your oh. prescription on our site as well wow. as purchase your, you can purchase your glasses. So essentially you can do it all within just coming to our website. Um, wow. also we're layering yeah, we're really excited about it. We're hoping to actually launch in the next few weeks. And then we're also layering on a virtual try-on feature. So that way, right now we have in free in-home try-on with your prescription lenses, which yep. um, no one else is doing. So you can actually receive your glasses with, with your prescription lenses in them. But we're also adding a virtual try-on. So that way, if you don't feel like waiting or you want to make the choice rather quickly, you can actually try on um, the glasses on your face online. That's fabulous. I'm so excited to see what you're doing. It's wonderful. And now we are going to head over to the lightning round. I'm going to ask you three questions and you're going to just go with whatever comes into your head. All right. Sounds good. I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Would you rather have the ability to change the past or see the future? Oh man, both of those sound dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, my answer, um, I think, is neither. I don't know. I think if I had to pick, I would say see the future. But of course, I'm going to put a little caveat in there. Could I like selectively see moments? That would be ideal because I don't think I'd want to see it all. But if I could, you know, kind of pick and see maybe some things, that would be that would work for me. <laughs> it would be so helpful, like if we could see the future just for the things we want to like vision board, you know, like just things right. like, OK, exactly. you get to this point in your career, you know, you get there like things, things like that. <laughs> Okay, let's see. 
how do you define success? I think success is being genuinely happy with the end result. You know, at the end of the day, um, I think you should feel proud of what you accomplished or created, you know, otherwise, what was really the point? So for me, it's that feeling of pride and accomplishment. Awesome. And what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Oh man, just one piece. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot <laughs> that I'd love to tell myself. Um, but I think taking risks, um, take risks. Don't be afraid to go after what you want. Don't be afraid to be yourself. The time is now. Awesome. I would tell myself to get up and move to Salt Lake so that I could enjoy the mountains <laughs> immediately. Take Whitney's advice. Just go to Salt Lake. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I don't know that I'd be able to want to change the past because you never know exactly. if it would change where you're at today. <laughs> exactly. Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show. You are one fabulous social lady. Thanks so much, Carrie. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.